Uh, you ready for the word this morning? Uh, wow, Preston carried the mail last Sunday, did he not? Uh, anybody, anybody get that? Grace in the grind? Wow, I almost didn't come home. I thought, preach that again next Sunday. Uh, so glad to have such a powerful associate pastor here at Freedom. He does such a great job. And uh, uh, we are, I started a series before uh, a, week, a week ago, and I, I, two weeks ago, I want to continue on that. We're in a series called uh, Equations That Bring Total Restoration. Equations That Bring Total Restoration. Here, here's, here's the idea. I, I, I don't want to oversimplify what's going on in your life, but I want you to know that, that, that God does things in an orderly fashion. Okay? I want you to understand the order when we talk about salvation, we understand that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, right? So we need grace plus faith. Can I get an amen? And then uh, we understand that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. So we add these things together. We need to understand some equations. Uh, my wife likes recipe books. I'm just telling you, she does. Whether she cooks or not, she likes recipe books. I mean... She is, she just, she'll get a recipe book. And I'm, I'm, she does cook on occasion, okay, when we have time. Uh, but uh, it's interesting, you know, we, where were we? We were, we were at Felicia's house and somebody had this recipe book and Diana's reading this recipe book, taking pictures of it. And I'm thinking, this is going to be good, you know. Uh, and it will be, right? Okay, so, uh, praise Jesus. Can we pray together? No, anyway, no, no. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Tease your wife. You get in trouble over that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, here, here's the thing. What, what I'm telling you is, is it's, it's nice to know the recipe, but you have to act upon it. That's what I'm saying. Do you hear that? Okay, so you have to, you have to act upon that, right? You have to act upon it. It's, it's nice to have it in the book. Uh, and that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you some recipes. I'm giving you some equations. This plus this plus this. Uh, and, and we opened up on fear last week. Anybody use this? Does anybody enact? Anybody? Could anybody say amen to this? Uh, he will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. Is where we began two weeks ago. And here it is. Anybody remember it? Ignore plus imagine plus inspire equal a fearless life. Ignore the, the, the messages of the enemy. All right, ignore them. How many know the devil will talk to you? Anybody know that? The devil will talk to you. you say, I, I heard from Jesus today. People are so funny how it's so tough for them to hear from the Lord, but they just hear from the devil all the time and prophesy, you know, just, just, just whatever he says. Uh, the devil is a liar. Okay, so you knew that. So, and then imagine, uh, imagine, this is a faith thing. Imagine what God could really do. Imagine, imagine the possibilities. Rather than imagining the worst, why not imagine the best? Why, why don't you go ahead and imagine getting through the mess you're in right now? Why don't you just go ahead and imagine that? I'm going to get better. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to, this thing's going to work. It's not going to fall apart. This thing's going to work. And if, it, and, and if things do break, you know, God's going to give me something better. Anybody? Anybody ever been offended with me when you told me you lost your job and I said, praise Jesus, God's going to give you something better. 
You know, how many have ever been there before? You lost the job and then you got something better. Anybody ever been there before? Uh, so imagine, then inspire. Uh, you need to inspire yourself through faith, through the Word of God. You've got to build yourself up in the Word of God. Just start reading the Word of God. We read, uh, Sunday a week ago, we read probably 20 scriptures together. Just scriptures on inspiring. Go back a couple of weeks, look at that message. Go back and look at some of those notes. Uh, an equation for overcoming fear. Say it again. Im ignore, imagine, inspire. Okay, it's going to be a little bit more complicated today. I'm going to talk to you about the equation for renewal and uh, uh, worked hard on this. I want you to have a renewed life. I want you to be renewed. How many have ever needed to be renewed before? Anybody ever need to be renewed? Uh, I'm going to begin with this scripture because we're going to talk about uh, Simon Peter. Uh, and the Lord told Simon, he said, Simon, 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 Simon. I love it. Simon, Simon. Simon. It's got an exclamation point after it. It's Simon, Simon. <laughs> it's like alarm, wah, 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 wah. You know, that's what's going on here. Uh, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So here's, here's a guy that is going to go through some struggle and, and the Lord, how many know the Lord is always praying for us? Anybody know that? He's always praying for us. That your faith would not fail. How many have ever had a failure of your faith before? Anybody ever had that? And, uh, and, but then when you return, you're going to strengthen your brothers. That's what I want. I want whatever you're going through to strengthen your brothers. Uh, if you did not know, today is St. Patrick's Day. And so I, I brought myself, I got this at Walmart. All right, it is... It is tangled up. Man, I hate it when that happens. But there we go. All right, there we go. So, you know what these are? They're three leaf, three leaf clovers is what these are. Three leaf, not four. Three. All right. Because some of you think St. Patrick's Day is about uh, drinking beer, green beer, getting crazy. Uh, I heard, on, I heard uh, on, on, uh, this morning on the news that there is a taxicab service that is offering free uh, rides home. But then they, they said, it's not just a ride home. Uh, we are not taking you from bar to bar. We will take you home from a bar. And that's good. I mean, we had, uh, not long ago, we had a car accident where one of our sister's cars was totaled right out front on a Sunday night after church. For somebody from Kelly's, ooh, it sounds like a St. Patrick's Day bar, I don't know, but somebody, from, somebody was drunk at Kelly's, and the drunk driver came down the road and hit our sister's car, and, uh, and it was funny because we were standing out there with him. I shared Jesus with him for a long time, uh, waiting on the police because they had so many accidents that night, and uh, so finally, uh, you know, the police started pulling up, and he jumped in his car like he was going to take off. And uh, uh, anyway, it was hilarious. That's a long story. I didn't mean to go on with it. But anyway, uh, people don't know what St. Patrick's Day is about, so I just thought I'd let you know that St. Patrick, Patrick, the, the St. Patrick that we know was a man that was uh, enslaved in Ireland. He was from Britain, and he was enslaved in Ireland uh, and kidnapped, taken to Ireland. 
and was and lived a certain amount of his life in Ireland as a slave, and then he escaped slavery and went back to Britain, found the Lord Jesus, uh, and, and his choice, his calling was to go back to Ireland and save the people that had enslaved him. That's the story of St. Patrick's Day. And the reason that we have relief is because he used the clover to teach the message of the Trinity to everyone. All right? So some people want good luck. What you need is a good Savior is what you need. That's what you need. All right? So that's the beautiful story, I mean, of a man who was enslaved and who miraculously got free and then God told him, I want you to go back. Now, the reason I, I, I mean, I, anybody having a good time? I, I, got, I got cookies if anybody want any too, but I'm, I'll put these over here. I tell you what, we'll serve, we'll serve green cookies after church today, okay? So if you want some cookies, go ahead and take those. I haven't got time to give cookies out right now. Uh, don't look at me so sad. Uh, isn't, isn't this powerful? This is a message. I'm still blinking, aren't I? All right. This is a message of the gospel, okay? Here it is. If you go back into the word of God, you see this happen over and over and over again. God will take you out in order to bring you back in in order to take other people out, all right? You say, well, God saved me. God saved you, and now he's going to save others through your story through your testimony. Do you hear this? That's Luke 21. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. So uh, here's, here's what I, I'm hoping for today. Here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping, this is what I know today. There's some people that are going to be renewed or out of this message today, there's some people that are going to experience renewal and out of that renewal, other people are going to be renewed. Out of your freedom, because get this, it is a possibility to be saved and still broken. There are saved people who need to be set free. All right? Uh, so I, uh, I want to walk you through some teaching on this. I, I was, uh, anybody ever get on Instagram or Facebook and find something that's really cute? I was going to show it to you, but I'm not uh, because it's my granddaughter. And uh, so anyway, uh, did anybody see that? Anybody friends with Preston or Lindsay? They put this story up and she watched, they let her watch The Lion King. And at the end of it, uh, there's a song and Avalyn is just dancing and going around in circles like this until finally she gets dizzy and falls down and nearly conks her head on the cabinet. It's so cute. And uh, even the falling down was just as cute as it could be. Uh, that Has anybody ever heard the... The story of the Lion King before? Okay, I think they're coming out with a new movie. In fact, I believe somebody I know is actually playing music on it. I, won't, I can't tell that story. But uh, uh, anyway, it is a serious story. It is an intense story. I mean, sometimes children watch these animated things and it's like, wow. I mean, the, the story of the Lion King, it's a tough little story. Remember Mufasa... Uh, is the king, and then anybody remember the the uh, what's his son's name? See, you've watched the movie before, all right. And if you remember, Simba uh, is uh, has this moment in his life where he ends up 
uh, ends up in the middle of where the, the wildebeest are, are stampeding, and Mufasa comes to rescue him, and he rescues his boy Simba, but he ends up dying, and then Simba feels like it's his fault, and Simba takes off running, right? See, I know you haven't read the Bible, but I know you've watched The Lion King before, all right? So Simba takes off running and disappears. Uh, of course, there's a lot of kuna matata and stuff that happens after that, which is really cute, but, but basically he's trying to to breathe again. I'm never going back. I'm never going to be able to be what I was. I'm, I'm never going to be able to be great. I'm, I'm never going to be able to take my place uh, in, 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 in the kingdom. So, you know, all of this happens and it's kind of, um, it's kind of intense, I think the story is, uh, because Simba is no longer after the things of his father because he feels so responsible for his death. So does that sound like a spiritual story? Does that sound like one? Uh, anybody grateful for the Lord Jesus? Anybody grateful that uh, we had fallen into sin and he came and he died for us? He took our place. He was our substitute. Uh, so in all of this, I have... Uh, I've talked to a lot of folks in my life. I, speaking of St. Patrick's Day, I have talked to a lot of drunks in my life. <laughs> Lots of them. I, I uh, wrestled one in the back parking lot one night uh, because he thought he was going to drive away and, uh, in his car, and I just couldn't see that happening, so uh, I'm kind of scrappy. And, uh, uh, but often I'll talk to somebody who's just inebriated and just breathing right in my face, and, and I'll try to talk to him a little bit about Jesus. And you say, well, don't do it. I, you know, they're drunk. They're there. You know, what am I going to do? And... and uh, and, you know, in between me trying to breathe and them telling me the story, they'll start saying, I used to go, I used to go to church when I was a boy. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, and how many have heard that story before, you know? I, I love Jesus, and, and in their brokenness, they tell me the story of, you know, I, you know, I love Jesus. I've prayed for people in the altars before who were just as broken and as drunk and uh, St. Patrick's Day drunk as they could be and have them say all kinds, you know, I, one time I was praying for somebody and, you know, they were drunk and they just, just all kinds of words started coming out of their mouth. And thinking, can you say these things in church? Well, if you're drunk, evidently you can say whatever you want to say in church. But uh, you can hear sometimes they're a story. Anybody heard this story? You're talking to somebody that's just an absolute disaster, but they have a story that at one time, they actually used to go to church. They know all the hymns. They know all the songs. They know, they, they'll tell you about their Sunday school lessons. And it's just kind of sad, isn't it? It's just kind of sad. I'm thinking, how did you get in this particular mess? So I'm thinking there's some people that may not be drunk in this room today. Well, he's kind of early for that, I think. But uh, there are people in this room who have accepted Jesus, and we've, we've done this before. There are people that have confessed Jesus, who have believed in Jesus, now get this, that are not right with God today. Anybody been there before? Been saved, not right with God. Anybody? So uh, that, that's what I want to talk about today. 
What is the equation for renewing your relationship with, with Christ when you have been broken, when at one time you seem to be close to Christ, but then something happened and you really need renewal? We're going to focus on the story of the Apostle Peter. Uh, and anybody remember Peter? So uh, Matthew 16, 15, uh, Jesus asked this question. He says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Anybody remember that? That was, a, that was this moment in the gospel where Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? And only one had the courage to stand up and say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says in verse 18, he says, well, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I, I love that statement. There's a powerful moment. I love what he says that you are Peter. Well, the translation of that, anybody love Rocky movies? Anybody love that? Uh, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. I love that. The new Creed movie came out, I think, not long ago. And I'm thinking, there we go. Let's just, when are we going to, I want Rocky 152 to come out or something. You know, I, please make more Rocky movies. It's so inspiring. And we love that name, Rocky, because that's really Peter's name, Rocky. That's why they named him. I mean, we call him Petros, but really the name is Little Rock. Hey, it's Rocky. Rocky. Peter was the original Rocky. So this is great because we have him here. He's this powerful guy. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Yo! And Jesus says, okay, we're going to name you Rocky. And there will be movies that will be made about you for years to come. Then a moment later, Jesus starts talking about going to the cross and dying on the cross. Peter jumped in now that he's rocky. He said, no, yo, Jesus, don't be talking like that. Don't be saying that kind of mess. You're not going to die. You're not going to go to the cross. I'm rocky. I'll fight for you. No. And Jesus looked at rocky and gave him another name. Little Satan. He said, he said uh, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God. So Peter was that guy. Anybody that guy? Sometimes you get bold and audacious, and you're making no sense whatsoever. This is Peter, little rock, rocky, walking on the water, Peter. You are the Christ, the son of the living God, Peter. Sometimes speaking so fast with that big smile on his face, but it's a cover-up for things that need to be dealt with in his life. Shortly before the crucifixion, we find Peter coming really unglued. The Lord actually told Peter, as, as we opened with our uh, statement in Luke uh, twenty-two thirty-one, that he said, Satan is going to sift you like wheat. And we don't understand that because not too many of us have ever sifted wheat before. But basically, is you're going to go through a time of a beating. Uh, and that's what sifting wheat was. It was hit and it was thrown into the air. And the wind would take away the things that was worthless and the things that were valuable would fall back to the ground. And that's how you get the grains of wheat. So that's what they, they saw it as hard work. You're going to go through a tough time. And, uh, and, and, and Peter... Uh, had some other things to say. In Luke 22, uh, 31, he says, he says uh, 
Uh, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, but when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And then Peter goes on to say, he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus looked at him and he said, Rocky, I tell you, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times. So this is the day, the, this is the time that Jesus is going to be arrested. And he says, look, I know what you think about yourself. I appreciate your big, tough talk. But yo, you're going to deny me three times. I mean, talk about shutting him down. You know, I've met a lot of people who have blown it. Anybody been one of those people before? I've I've met some fathers and mothers, some sons and daughters. I've met some ministers who have blown it before. I'll just go ahead and lift my hand. Anybody like me before who have blown it? And and Peter's going to live this out. He does some things, flying by the seat of his pants. He is the bravest, and then he is the biggest coward. Peter's going to live up to the statement. In fact, he is actually ready to take on the temple guard. It's like Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. It's night. The the leaders uh, 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 come, uh, and they bring their guard with them. They have swords in their hands, and Peter jumps out just like he says, No, you're not taking Peter or taking Jesus, and he pulls out a, a sword. Some people say it was a sword. I don't think it was a sword like we think it was a sword because if you actually look at the word, it suggests little sword like like Rocky. He really has his fishing knife out, but how brave is that? I mean, they got these guys who, uh, who have these massive swords. Really, the people of Jerusalem are not allowed to have weapons like that because they don't want them to rise up. So he probably pulls out his fishing knife, cuts off Malchus's ear. And uh, Jesus reaches over and takes his ear and puts it back on his head and says, you know, let's not be doing this, all right? But still, I mean, what a guy. I mean, anybody impressed that Peter would jump out in front of Jesus and say, no, you'll not take him. Even though Jesus said, I'm going, Peter cannot get it out of his head. So now he looks like a hero, but he's humiliated. And then they take Jesus to trial. And someone walks up to Peter and says, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? All right, anybody in a moment like that? And uh, he says, no, I'm not one. And then he gets another situation where they say, hey, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? John 18 uh, talks a little bit about this. And one thing leads to another. Finally, Peter's cussing people out. I mean, I'm not one. You know, I mean, the same guy who just a few hours ago was standing with the sword in front of the temple guard is now all upset. He's got some kind of wound, some kind of fear. I mean, sometimes your big words are only a cover-up for the fear that you really have on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe in Jesus. Hashtag. Pound sign. Anyway. Starts cussing again. A servant girl questions him. You're one of those Galileans, and I like this. Uh, one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and then the rooster crows. Now, what do you do when the rooster crows? Peter disappears. He does the Simba thing. 
He runs. He weeps. And we don't find him again until after the resurrection. And even then, it's awkward until Christ is going to meet him at the seashore. Now, I again, I meet a lot of people that way. They wall out the shame of bad choices they, 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 that they made in the past or tragic things that have happened and vacillate in other things. Like Peter in, in John 21, 3 and 4, uh, there's a lot of things that happen between this, but uh, uh, I want you to be careful, all right? It may be good and important to go back to work, but that's what Peter did. Peter looks at the disciples and says, I'm going fishing. And they say, we're going fishing with you. And they went out into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. So I, I just want you to see that what Peter is doing now is he's trying to deal with the mess that's in his life by just being busy doing other things. Just busy doing other things. And I, I think we do that sometimes, trying to work so hard that you silence the voice of the conflict that's in your head. Let me just dive into something that I feel I can win in. And when, and, and when that's insufficient, let me, just, let me just get something to distract me, all right? Just go ahead. Get your phone out right now and find your favorite doodle game that you play all day long. Come on, anybody? I'll Facebook it. I'll just listen to music or I'll deal with my own addictions. And you bounce from business to distraction, from business to distraction. And you just go about your life. And then somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? You say, I, I go to church. I believe in Jesus. I've been to church before. I just don't need to do that. And you say, why are you out there hiding right now? What happened? And I, I don't know. There, there, there's more than one way to deny Christ, isn't there? You don't have to cuss and scream at somebody at the crucifixion. You can say, I don't know him. You can say nothing at all. You can disguise yourself as one of the crowd, right? I have never denied Jesus Christ, really. Have you ever been in that situation where people were asking about him and you just sat silently in the background? Have you, do you ever hang around people where people really need to know Jesus and, and you're there? Look, I'm not trying to throw guilt and shame on everybody. Come on. Anybody there? Anybody there? I don't want to. I mean, now we have this principle that everybody is supposed to deny Christ as often as they can because it might offend somebody if you say, yes, I know him. You might even get in trouble if you tell people that you know him. You might get crucified yourself. You get this? Right? We either influence the world for righteousness or unrighteousness. It's, it's an, it's an age-old saga. Parents, you're influencing your children right now. What's going on is perpetuating your righteousness or your brokenness. You're influencing your friends at school, at work. Every time there's a conflict... They say you have two buckets. Anybody ever heard this? Every time there's a conflict, you have two buckets. One's full of gasoline and one's full of water. You either put out the fire or you build the fire. So when you're dealing with conflicts and struggles and you don't bring Jesus into it, right? The Jesus bucket where you can help people. You're doing something, right? I'm not trying to play skilled on you. Just revelation. Let's be real. I'm not responsible for every decision someone else makes in life. But my life and my words carry great weight. And at, some, and, and at times, we have to wake up and say, 
Life is so confusing. My spiritual life is a mess. I need help. I need renewal. I'm not impacting the world that way I need to. Something happened in my past. I'm still running. I'm living in the wilderness singing Akuna Matata all my life. No, sometimes you got to wake up. You need renewal. You need transformation in your life. And stop saying, well, I'm saved. I'm saved. It's, it's like an excuse for being broken. So, Here's, let's go into the uh, equation. One, an acknowledgement of emptiness. An acknowledgement of your emptiness. So Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. I love this moment. Because really, what God is doing here is kind of like jacking with his kids. I love this. You know, it's like... It's like, I'm going to let you go fishing, and I'm going to make sure that the fish are always on the other side of the boat. I love that. Anybody ever dri driven down the road and caught every light on red? Anybody ever done that? And you say, well, it's, it's just going to be one of them red light days, you know? It just, boom, red light. That happened to me on my way to church this morning. It's like, every light. And you can just see it as you're coming down the road. It's yellow, and it's red. I'm going to have to sit there the whole time. Anybody? So... So in this, uh, this situation, what, what we see is uh, the disciples just in a mess. That's how God is. Anybody love God? Anybody just love him for that? How he lets you experience your emptiness because he is in the business. He loves us so much, he will get right down into the stuff we're going through. Right down into the brokenness. I don't know what has taken your joy this morning, but he'll get right down to that. In fact, he might be involved in it because God's going to do something with your empty boat. God in his love shuts the fishing door and they look in the boat and they have nothing. They're professional fishermen, but it ain't fixing anything. Peter goes fishing. They get in the boat. Hey, I know I didn't do really good in Jerusalem the other day, but one thing I do know I can fish, not without Jesus. Yeah. Emptiness might sound strange, but emptiness feels like something. Let's go on just beyond that because it's like, what? Can't catch any fish today? Emptiness is a physical sensation in your soul. You may have an empty feeling in your chest or you may feel tired or lethargic. You might feel bored all the time and think nothing matters like an emotional numbness. You, get, you, you may feel a sense of despair that you can't explain or seem to shake. You failed when you're living a sinful life and you're trying to be successful without him, you just feel empty and sometimes it can get really serious. Can I get an amen from somebody? I mean, emptiness, that it, it's, like, it's like something's there that makes me feel empty. Like there's nothing effective in my life. Nothing's going good right now. There's not a better story to describe emptiness than the woman at the well. And Jesus looks at the woman at the well and says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would, give you a, he would have given you living water. Anybody remember the woman at the well? She had had five husbands. Anybody remember? She had had five husbands, and now she was living with a guy that was not her husband. Okay, does this suggest that maybe there's some relational brokenness? Or is it just, I just can't seem to hook the right guy? No, she's empty. She's broken. 
broken. She's relationally messed up. And, and, and it's kind of like Peter. Every time she was hurt or afraid or unable to deal with conflict, she found herself fishing. Back in bed with somebody else. You know, I don't want anybody to lift their hands if you've been in bed with somebody you shouldn't be with. But some people say, well, you know, I'm just trying to fulfill my need. And I'm telling you, you're trying to deal with an emptiness. I, uh, we were, this past week, we were at a place called Ragged Point. I was getting ready to kiss my wife right there. <laughs> Sun was setting. She's over there. Alicia had the camera. She had taken a picture or two. And I just reached over to kiss her, and she, that was, that's the picture. We won't go to PDA right there on you, so. So we're standing, it's so beautiful, and just the rocks just all the way down. The sun was setting. We were staying in a room that night with this massive view, and so we're there having such a good time. Really good time. And, uh. So. I don't know if you see the flowers that are right behind Diana there. I didn't give those to her. Somebody placed them there because somebody else had taken their life there. Wow. Got silent in the room. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying. Uh, Jesus has something better than the emptiness that's in your life. Can I get an amen from someone? Don't just look at the sunset. Let's talk about it. Everybody doesn't feel the same way when they look at the sunset or look out at the water. Emptiness is a real deal. I'm not talking about something that's small. I'm saying something that the enemy wants to destroy you with. Jesus, you say, well, why do I feel so empty? Jesus says, look at the emptiness. Are you sick and tired of being empty all the time? Years ago, Steve Green was like one of my favorite singers, you know, in the... 80s. Anybody remember Steve Green? He was like this great Christian artist, and he sang a song called Calvary's Love. But the words of that song opened with this, only Jesus, only he brings redemption full and free. There's a yearning in all our lives, only Jesus satisfies. Now, I haven't taken you through the step ship. I'm telling you right now that having an empty boat is a big deal. But you've got to deal with the emptiness that's in your life. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got friends. You know people who are sitting out in a boat saying, I'm empty, but that's just the way life is. And I'm telling you that you will not find enough beer. You'll not find enough drugs. You'll not find enough sex. You'll not find enough money. You'll not find enough in this life to fulfill the emptiness. You'll not find enough sunsets or sunrises. Only Jesus. Jesus can satisfy your soul. And it's this next point that I want to drive home. Some of you have believed that your restoration is complete, but you're still not getting it. The second part of the equation will challenge you. You need a new revelation. Anybody ever said, well, I know about Jesus. Anybody been there before? Don't, you can't tell me about Jesus. Was it working for you? Not because people can just have a little religious Jesus. You know? John 21, verse 4, 
Morning had now come. Jesus stood on the shore, so they fished all night. <laughs> Empty. That's really irritating. Jesus said to them, and I like this, Children, have you any food? Now, some, some translations say, Brothers, have you any food? But the proper translation is, Children, have you any food? They answered, No. <laughs> hey, hey, boys, you got any food? No. You know what I'm saying. And he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Uh, now, it's interesting here because it seems like they don't recognize Jesus if you look at the rest of this teaching. This is interesting because uh, Peter had been to the tomb after the resurrection and saw that it was empty and... He had also experienced Christ because Christ uh, appeared to them in John 20 and 21. Jesus said to them, he appears to them and says, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So here's what Jesus does. He appears to them behind closed doors after he's raised from the dead, breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, some people don't know what that is. These boys just got saved. They got saved. They saw Jesus and they knew that he was the Lord and they believed in their heart that God had raised them from the dead and Holy Spirit came upon them. This is salvation. You say, when did the boys get saved? They got saved when they believed that Jesus Christ. Everybody, you, you understand that? Is they were saved before? No, no. They needed Jesus' blood to be applied to their life. So this is crazy because they believed this. Peter, however, is a broken man and Jesus is not finished with him. Listen. He is saved by the grace of God already. Saved by the grace of Jesus. Uh, John 20, 30. Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So Jesus did lots of stuff, but still Peter is struggling. You see, after Peter had denied Christ, even though he had seen the Lord, he was still not fully restored. Do you hear me? He, he had confessed Jesus as his Savior. Anybody saved in the house? Anybody is saved? God's not finished with you yet. Jesus. See, Jesus wanted Peter to know him more than he knew him before. And Peter is still running. He doesn't know what to do. He believes in Jesus. He accepts the resurrection. But emotionally, he is still the man who can't forgive himself for what he has done. Anybody been there before? I'm not saying you're not saved today. Yes, they're saved. Yes, they've been touched by the grace of Jesus. But they are in a place of disillusionment. They can't get over themselves. They can't see their way ahead. And Peter is the chief. He's saying, let's go fishing. But he can't fish without Jesus. Jesus is saying, when are you going to trust me for the rest of it? I'm, I'm raised from the dead, but I also want to be your provider and your healer and your friend. When, you're, when are you going to let me get into your life, your marriage, your business, your past, your unforgiveness? When are you going to let me control your life? And further, Jesus is saying, I didn't save you just to have a Sunday morning religious gathering with you. I want to get into everything that's broken and busted up and messed, it, messed in your life. I saved you to take you to a whole new level. 
So Jesus shows up on the seashore and cries out to them from like a hundred yards away. He says, boys, little boys, little guys, you still don't have any fish, do you? And they answered, no, I love this. I haven't got it together. Anybody agree? This is what they're having to say. They have, finally have to face it. I don't have it all together, and this fishing trip is not working for me. I love it. Anybody watching American Idol this year? I have to. Started coming on. I tell you, that Katy Perry girl is a riot. She can sing. She's nuts. She can sing. But you know, she's also a preacher's kid. Not that she's serving Jesus anymore. And I watched her once on one of the shows where she's talking to somebody else who's a preacher's kid. And I keep seeing these preacher's kids that are all busted up, messed up, showing up. I am a preacher's kid. But she was saying, I'm a preacher's kid. You a PK? I'm a PK. And I lift my hand, I'm a PK. Listen, I know so many PKs that don't serve Jesus. I have seen so many kids that grew up in church that didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, smiling, broken, depressed people. You've heard this story before. Jesus talking to Peter and his bros about their fishing woes. This isn't the first time he's done it. He had done it a long time before. He did it also when he called them. Remember, after Jesus saw them, they came in from their fishing and Jesus said, you catch anything? No, cast your net on the other side but something is different this time isn't it ironic it's not a religious moment he's taking them deeper it's Jesus knows that I failed him he knows that I'm struggling with my future he knows that I'm empty and I'm hungry and I don't know what to do with my life it's like a church service where the preacher somehow tells your story and takes you all the way back to the first time you met him and said I've always had something more for you if you just let me in to that empty place and give you a real revelation of who I am. You're here today and you've denied him for a long time, but this message is for you. You need a new revelation of Jesus. Yes, he rose from the grave. Yes, he saved you, but get this. He also has a purpose for your life. Tell somebody, Jesus has a purpose for your life. Tell them, he has a purpose for your life. He is chasing you down to take you to a whole new level. He's allowed you to be as empty as you are. He wants to fill you with the Spirit, clarify your calling, deliver you from the power of Satan, break the strongholds that cause you to doubt who you are, change you from a denier to a proclaimer, change you from a shame to I am not ashamed. I saw Jesus when I was a boy, but I have seen him now, and I'm Putting away my childish things. And then things start to happen. I'm going to just obey the Lord. I'm going to cast my net on the right side of the boat. And they cast it out. And there's so much fish. They can't even carry him. But then John looks at Peter and said, It's the Lord. And Peter cannot control himself anymore. He jumps overboard. Come on, somebody. He jumps overboard. Some of you have been playing church in the boat for too long. Time for you to get close to Jesus. Because miracles start happening. All, all Peter wants to do is get to Jesus. We're going to pray. I want to finish this up. So, a new revelation. Thirdly, moving forward. 
Everybody stand with me while I finish this. So Jesus cooked. And when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now watch this. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I love what Jesus did here. He had denied him. Peter had denied him three times. So Jesus gave him the opportunity to acknowledge him three times. Do you love me? He doesn't say, okay. He doesn't say, okay. Do you love me? Okay. I just want to know if you say that. No. Do you love me? And then he gives him purpose. Do you love me? You can't just sit on loving Jesus. You don't get to just say, I love Jesus and that's good enough. No. Love moves you forward. It moves you into covenant. It moves you into ministry. It moves you. He doesn't say, okay. He says, do you love me? Yeah. Okay, get busy. Feed my lambs. And he takes them step by step. Do you see this? He says, do you love me? He says, yeah. Well, feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yeah, tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you see the levels? I want you to just start taking care of some little ones. And I'm going to take you step by step until you are raising up a community, a nation of people. Listen, over 100,000 people are going to come to the Lord Jesus in Jerusalem alone. And Peter is going to be that driving, leading force who will not shut up about the gospel of Jesus. That the same Jesus who lived also died and he rose again and he is the Messiah. And he's going to tell the story over and over. You say, well, what do I do? Let me ask you, do you love Jesus? No, no, don't just look at me right now. Do you love Jesus? No, do you love him? Take care of his lambs. I don't, you know, look. Tell me about taking care of his lambs. Okay, let me just, let me just start with this. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Then just, why don't you start praying to him? I, I, just, I don't have time for that prayer stuff. Okay, do you love Jesus? Yes. Okay, I want you to start right where you are, and I want you to do something about loving Jesus. Don't just go back fishing like you did before. Do you love Jesus? Somebody shout, yes. God has a purpose for your life. I want you to go on. I want you to take a step, but then I want you to take a bigger step because God has a reason for your life that's more than your day-to-day fishing that you've done all your life. I'm renewing you. I want you to have a new revelation of Jesus, but then I want you to move forward. I'm renewing you. I'm making you new, and I'm giving you living water. I'm restoring you, but now I want you to feed my lambs, and then I want you to take care of my lambs, and then I want you to feed the sheep. 
Here's, here's your equation. You ready? An acknowledgement of emptiness, a new revelation of Jesus, and then moving forward. Here's the sad thing. Here's a girl where I was preaching a, I was preaching a church camp in North Carolina, a youth camp. I used to do that on occasion. I'd travel and preach for youth camps, and I was preaching. And I, there's a young lady that got up to testify that night after I preached. And she got up and she said, the Holy Spirit just changed my life. And she said, she said, when I go back from this youth camp, I'm going to go back and tell all of those kids at school, my high school, about Jesus and how he loves them. And she seems so strong and she seems so fervent. But I know where she is today. And I know even though she has some belief in Jesus, she's decided that she believes in everything now. Her marriage is broken. She's living not the life that she should live for the Lord Jesus. I know kids like that. I know a young man at a camp who obviously had a call on his life when he was very young. I remember when I was at an at a altar service praying with him and I remember how the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him that he was going to do ministry for the rest of his life. Oh, he's a great businessman today, but he's never fulfilled the calling that God had on his life. You get stuck somewhere between my, I acknowledge my emptiness and I got the new revelation, but you never moved forward. And out of that, you find yourself lost and alone and empty. It's not God's plan for your life. Listen, look at me. Your renewal is at hand. I want you to say this. Just close your eyes with me. Say it. Say it with me. Say it. I acknowledge my emptiness. Some of you, some of you know what I'm talking about right now. Some of you have been empty for a long time. Just close your eyes. Everybody, just acknowledge it. I acknowledge my emptiness. I acknowledge my emptiness. Where are those in the room right now that would say, Pastor Rick, I acknowledge that I have been empty for too long. Just wave at me. Where are you? Just wave at me. I acknowledge I've been empty for too long. Now, now put your hand back down. And some of you, even today, you're getting a new revelation of Jesus. I want you to know that not only did he rise from the dead, but he wants to involve himself in your life. I want you to say this. I accept a new revelation of Jesus Christ. I accept my fresh revelation that he wants to be involved in my life. And I accept the calling that God has upon my life. I accept the calling. Are you ready for renewal? Anybody ready for renewal? Anybody ready? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you've taught us today. Some of us need renewal. Some of us have been broken for way too long. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, renew us. We can only imagine what would happen if we would just surrender ourselves to you. Come, Holy Spirit, renew us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of you lifted your hands just a moment ago and said, I acknowledge the emptiness that's in my life. I'm ready for renewal. Would you come and stand with me at the altar right now? Would you come and stand up front with me? Come on, come quickly and just stand with me. Come quickly and stand with me there. Come on, come on. Come on, children. Come on. Have you caught anything? Any fish in your boat? Come on, come and stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody just worship the Lord. Worship Him. Somebody sing or something. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Wow. Look, 
grown-up Christians can feel very empty sometimes. Do you get this? Altar workers, come and stand behind them. Would you do that? Come and stand behind them. Just bow your heads for a moment, and I want you to hear the Lord speak to you. A couple of things the Lord would like to say to you. One is, uh, when I asked you if you were empty, it wasn't because I didn't already know the answer. You'll never, you'll never, you'll never be filled without a deeper relationship with me. A new revelation of, of, of life. The infilling of my spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Why don't you lay your hand on the shoulder of some people. Because there's some people that are still way out in the water. Just lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. I want you to pray for somebody nearby you. Because this is what we're going to do. First of all, we say Holy Spirit. Heal our hearts. Fill us. Hear the Lord Jesus as he asks you three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And I want you to say, yes, Lord, I love you. And then hear his call on your life because the Lord not only wants to fill you, but he wants to use you. Come, Holy Spirit. Overflow my life with your grace. Jesus, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Now, those of you that are going to pray for them, I want you to pray. I want you to pray that they would be filled. I want you to pray that their life would be filled. And those of you that are seeking the Lord, I don't want you just to say, well, I feel better when I leave here. When you leave here today, I want you to leave knowing that God has a calling upon your life as well. He has a purpose for your life. I want you to begin to speak that. Go ahead and speak it. Some of you already know what it is. Lord, this is your purpose for my life. You didn't save me just so I'd go fishing again. You saved me to make me a fisher of men. So come, Holy Spirit. Come on, pray one for another. Would you do that, everybody? Altar workers, just come. You can come around the front of them if you'd like. Just come to them. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for renewal this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you began a good work and you're also able to complete it. Thank you, Lord, that you love us even when we're broken, even when we're hurting, even when we're lost. That you know where we are. And I pray, Lord, blessings upon those in this room today. Come, Holy Spirit. Use them, I ask. I pray, Lord, that we would have fresh vision when we leave this place. Take us out of the brokenness, out of the slavery that we've been in, and take us back in to those places that we might see people made whole. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and pray with each other. Be dismissed when you choose. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. God bless you all. I love you.